Good Sunday morning. You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. Sometimes we just need a little more Jesus. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 22. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Same two verses out of the message Bible says, so David got away and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and others associated with his family heard where he was, they came down and joined him. Not only that, but all who were down on their luck came around. Losers and vagrants and misfits of all sorts. David became their leader. There were about 400 in all. And isn't that amazing? When you are trying to go off the grid, trying to go dark, trying to uh, disassociate yourself from all humanity, the people that seem to find you are the ones that you least want to find you. When you are depressed, everybody that's depressed finds you. When you don't have any money, everybody that's broke finds you. When you feel like you're hopeless and you want to quit and give up, every quitter finds you. And that's what David, David was feeling distressed. Stressed, and David was feeling overwhelmed and David ran for was running for his life from King Saul who wanted to kill him. King Saul was his father-in-law. King Saul was his former boss and employer. He had served in the army of King Saul, but there came a day when the anointing of God rested upon David and the hand of God was visibly upon him that Saul became jealous and angry with him. And even though he was Saul's daughter's husband, Saul wanted to kill him. Even though he had done great exploits in Saul's army, Saul wanted to kill him. Even though he had honored Saul, Saul wanted to kill him. Even though there was no man as faithful to Saul as David, Saul wanted to kill him. So David is running for his life. This is not only Saul's son-in-law, this is Saul's son's best friend. He was Jonathan.
Jonathan's best friend, but Saul still wanted to kill him. He had eaten with Saul, sat at his table, broke bread with the man. He knew him intimately as his son-in-law and as his son's best friend, as the captain of the host of his army, yet Saul wanted to kill him. That's that rage and that anger that the enemy will drive into the hearts of those whose hearts are impure and unclean. And that is why God had not selected Saul because his heart was impure and his heart was unclean. It's not that things don't get into our heart. It's not that thoughts don't come into our mind, but what do you do with them when they come? Saul sought to pursue after and kill the anointed of God. You see David's response completely the opposite. When he had opportunity to take vengeance upon Saul, he said, I shall not touch the Lord's anointed and I shall do his prophet no harm. But Saul, on the other hand, said, kill that man, destroy him. And if I can destroy him, I can protect my throne. Isn't that the fallacy of the enemy? He thinks that if he can destroy you, that he can stop the plan of God. But that is the same fallacy he held when Jesus was alive. If I could just kill Jesus, I could stop the plan of God. Little did he know by killing Jesus, he was advancing the cause of Christ. He was escalating the plan of God for Jesus had come to give his life a ransom for the people of God. He came for that cause and for that purpose. So hanging on the cross is what he was born to do. So the devil thought he was killing Jesus and canceling the, the plan of God, but he was actually setting in motion the course of salvation for the people of God. And so it is even with David, the enemy trying to influence Saul thought he was going to kill David, but what he was doing was pushing David into the place of his destiny. I know it doesn't look like destiny in a cave. I know it doesn't look like destiny when you're running in despair, but that is exactly where God wanted David to be. You have to remember Samuel, the prophet had anointed David in the most unusual way. He had come to Jesse's house to anoint the next King. And Jesse didn't even send David to the lineup. He didn't even bring David in with his sons. David wasn't even considered an option, but God told Samuel that none of these young men that are standing before you will be the king over Israel, but there is another son somewhere and you've got to tell Jesse to bring him in because I have rejected all these that are standing before you. And Samuel tells Jesse, where are your other sons? There must be another one somewhere. And you know, Jesse reluctantly said, I do have this little scrawny son. He's out tending to my herd. He's surely can't be the one you selected. God will choose you even when you're not in the lineup. God will pick you even when you have not been set among the options. God will change the thing around and turn the situation around and bring you out from the wilderness and God will bring you into the place where you need to be. Don't worry about clamoring for a seat. Don't worry about trying to get a place in line. Don't worry if they don't know your name. Don't worry if they didn't 
and invite you to the party. Don't worry if your resume is not being considered for the promotion. God has a way of bringing you into your destiny through the most unlikely and unusual measures. And so David was anointed king. He wasn't the one that uh, Jesse selected. He wasn't the one that men would select, but he was the one that God had chosen and he was the one that Samuel anointed. So he had been anointed and he had experienced great victory and triumph in his life. He had slew the lion and the bear. He had defeated Goliath. He had experienced great victory. The women were singing his praises that Saul had killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. He had seen the rejoicing over his exploits, but just so happened that where he slew Goliath was near the cave that he is now running to for refuge. So then after all of this, Saul begins to be jealous of him and wants to take his life. And he finds himself because he has been warned by Saul's own son that you need to get out of here and run for your life. God will send you the most unlikely advocates. I mean, you think that your advocate is coming from one place and God sends it from another place. God sent him an advocate from the king's own household. God sent him an advocate among the king's own sons. And he told him, you've got to get out of here. My father is seeking to kill you. So David runs for his life and finds himself hiding in the cave of Adullam. I mean, a place of refuge, a place that had been sealed off, a place near the place of his greatest victory. Isn't that just like God? The place where you had your greatest victory. Now it looks to be like you're having your greatest defeat, but you're just looking at it out of the eyes of men and through natural eyes. You've got to see this thing through the eyes of faith. God had anointed him to be king. Listen, when God has anointed you and put a calling upon your life, I don't care if you're in the cave. I don't care if you're on the backside of a mountain. I don't care if you're high hiding in the desert. When God's hand is upon you, there is nothing and no one that can prevent the will of God from coming to pass in your life. So even in the cave, the anointed man of God, David, had the power of God fusing through him so that every single person around there that was in distress, that was discontented, that was overwhelmed, that was indebted, they found their way to David because because he represented hope and he represented opportunity. When you think of someone that is distressed, these are people who are oppressed, particularly by the enemy. And these are not necessarily the people that you want around you when you're fleeing for your life. You want someone that can help you, someone that will be a resource for you. But only thing he got was those who were running for their life too. He got the oppressed that came to him. He got those who were seeking refuge for themselves. He got those who were indebted, those who had made bad choices, those who had ruined their names, those who are not worthy of the trust of others. He got those who were indebted. He got the discontented, the bitter, the unsatisfied, those who were not happy with the status quo, those who wanted to see change, those who were murmuring and complaining. He got the distressed. He got the indebted. He got the discontent, the down on their luck, the losers, the vagrants, and the misfits. Don't 
Don't they seem to find you wherever you go? Have you ever wondered how do they keep finding me? Sometimes you're looking for a mate and the only thing that keeps finding you seems to be the losers and the vagrants and the misfits. You wonder how do they keep finding me? Do I have a beacon on my forehead? Is there something that is alerting them to me? The power of God in you is calling out unto them and sending them a signal that says the hope that lies within you is just what they need. They may come to you for one reason, but the reason why they're drawn to you is the power of God that is fusing through you. The distress, the indebted, the discontent, the losers, the vagrants, the misfits, they all came to David. And the Bible says because he had been anointed by Samuel, he had been called by God, he had been chosen and selected by God, that God gave him the ability to take the least, the losers, the lost, the discontent, the vagrants, the misfits, and make of them a great army. He pulled out of them the destiny that they probably had forgot even was within them. He pulled out of them the destiny that God had placed within them, that trouble and affliction had covered up. He pulled out of them the destiny that hardship and life had covered over. He pulled out of them the destiny that they probably had given up on, but he pulled it out of them and made of them a great army. This is not the kingdom that David had envisioned when Samuel said, you shall be king. These are not the men that he probably thought he would be leading, but sometimes you've got to look at where you are and consider your circumstance and say to yourself that this may not be where I want it to be. This may not be where I hope to be. But since I am here, I will make the best of where I am and use what I have to do what I can by the power of God. God will bless you if you make up in your mind that I'm going to use what I have, do what I can and go with what he has given me. You pastor a church and the people that God has sent you, these may not be the ones you would have ordered if you could have sent an order up to heaven, but use the ones that God have given you. God will bless bless you to turn them around. The Bible said these were those who were indebted. They didn't have any money, but God turned their situation around. These were those who were discontent. They were bitter and angry and misfits. Nobody wanted them in their army, but God turned their situation around. God may send you those off a skid road. God may send you those that you have to clean up, those that you have to work with, those that you have to labor with, but do what you can with what God sent you and God will bless you to have everything that you need to have. Stop complaining about what he has given you. Stop complaining about those he, whose he have sent you. Use the gifts that God has put in them and make them a great army in the very kingdom of God. He has anointed you with the blessings that he has given you for a reason. You keep waiting until God opens up more doors. Take that gift like Joseph and begin to interpret the dreams even while you're down in the prison. You're sitting in the prison and you're angry because God has not blessed you to be in the palace and so you don't want to speak for him and you don't want to use your gifts. You 
you better stop complaining and use the gifts where you are. It's only because Joseph interpreted the dreams in the prison that he was remembered up in the palace. It's only because he used his gifts when he was in despair that God brought him out and set him in his destiny. You better stop complaining about the course that your life has taken and say, Lord, you know the way that you take me and I will bless the name of my God. It was when David was running from Saul that God blessed him to write some of the most blessed Psalms that we have in the Bible. It was when he was running from Saul that David said in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. Listen, we read that now and we don't think a whole bunch of it, but this was a man that was running for his life, that was hiding in the cave, that had every misfit and vagrant standing around him and looking to him for leadership. And he said, when I was slaying Goliath, I was blessing my God. When the women were singing my praises, I was blessing my God. When Samuel was anointing me to be king, I was blessing my God. So now that I find myself hiding in the cave of Adullam, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will forever be in my mouth. I'm not just going to praise God when everything is going well. I'm not just going to praise God when life is dealt me a wonderful hand. But when my life is turned upside down, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then he looked to those vagrants and those misfits. He looked to those discontented and in debt. He looked to the men that had gathered themselves to him in the cave of Adullam. He didn't know why they had gathered them, but he said, now that you are here, I need you to do something with me. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. If you're going to follow me, you're going to bless my God. If you're going to follow me, you're going to glorify the name of the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He said, I sought the Lord. You got to know this. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I was fearful for my life. Every day I was sleeping with one eye open, but God has delivered me from all of my fears. He said he gave his angels charge over me and they encamped around me because I feared him and he delivered me. And then he broke out in a wonderful praise. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man. If you will trust in God, he will bring you out. If you will put your trust in him, he will deliver you. Fear the Lord. Don't fear man for what can man do unto you, but fear the Lord for there is no want to them that fear him. When I was hungry, he gave me bread. When I was powerless, he sent me an army. When I had no sword, he gave me the sword of the giant I slew. I've got a praise and I've got to get it out. You need to put a praise on your blessing. Stop complaining. Stop whining, stop murmuring, and bless the name of your God. You better put a praise. Oh, there's a breakthrough in this room. It's got my name on it. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Oh, yeah. 
There's a miracle there, and it has your name on it. There's a breakthrough waiting for you. You better claim it. You better put a praise on it. You better bless the name of your God. If David can praise him in the cave of Adullam, if David can praise him in the midst of all that he was going through, who are you and what are you dealing with that you can offer unto God the sacrifice of praise? David had lost everything in his life. He had lost his wife. He had lost his family. He had lost Samuel, the spiritual counselor. He had passed on. He had lost his best friend. He never saw Jonathan again after Jonathan warned him of his life. He had lost everything in his life, but what he did not lose, he did not lose his worship for God. He did not lose his faith in God. He did not lose his fear of God. He still had a reverential fear of God. He still had a glory faith in God and he still was a worshiper of his God. Even God testified that David is a man after my own heart. In Psalms 57, another Psalm he wrote while he was on the run for his life. He said, they dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. The enemy that is trying to destroy you, God will make sure that the enemy himself is destroyed. The pit they dig for you, he will let them fall into it themselves. The gallow they prepare for your neck, their own necks will hang into it. God will destroy the hand of your enemy. It is not the storms you weather that define you. It is the way that you weather the storms that define you. In the cave of Adullam, David's character was revealed. His true heart was revealed. His trial became his triumph. His test became his testimony. His heartache became his joy. And here's the good news of it all. In verse number five of second Samuel chapter 22, the prophet Gad said unto David, abide not in the hold, depart and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Harath. Listen, Judah represents praise. Judah means praise. God sent word to David from the prophet Gad. And he said, get out of this stronghold, get up out of this mountain and get you to the the land of Judah. 
God told David, I need you to put a praise on it. You have been in this cave and I have dwelt with you. Now it's time to get up out of this cave, get to Judah. And David begins to pin many Psalms while he's on the run. And one of them in Psalms 57, he said in verse five of Psalms 57, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens and let thy glory be above the earth. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall forever be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And in closing, David wrote in Psalms 56, be merciful unto me, O God. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And isn't that the secret? You need to put your trust in a God that cannot lie and cannot fail, a God that can do anything. This I know, for God is with me. I know they came to me broke. I know they came to me in despair. I know they came to me as losers and vagrants and ill content. But I thank you, God, that you have turned their situation and my around and you have given us the victory and we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are victorious through our God. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will bless the Lord at all times and your praise will forever be in my mouth because you brought me up out of the cave of Adullam and not by myself but with a great host and an army that you have given unto me. There is a miracle in this place and it's got my name on it. I'm going to put a praise on it because God has been good to me. Dear God, I thank you. Teach us to praise you no matter what, to glorify you in the midst of affliction, to adore you no matter where we find ourselves, but in everything may we give you thanks and praise and adoration because you are worthy to be praised. May you show us how you are moving us into our destiny even when it looks utterly hopeless in our life and may we God glorify you for who you are and for what you have done may we give unto you the sacrifice when praise demands a sacrifice may we give you our praise even then we bless your name Sometimes you have wondered, why has God taken you the way he has taken you? Why has he drawn to you those whom he has drawn to you? But perhaps God has in you what is needed to bring out of them the ministry, the gifts, and the dreams that God has for their life. Maybe God has you going through a valley that he might allow you to minister to those who are in the valley of despair. Don't despise the way that God has taken you, and don't despise those that God sends to you. God has a purpose and a plan for the ways in which he takes you. Even if you don't understand it, even if it doesn't make sense to you, the Lord knows the way that he takes you and the Lord shall have his way in your life if you will submit and yield to the will of God and say, God, have your way. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop being bitter and let God use you where you are to do what he is destined for you to do and to be a blessing to those whom he 
he has given to you in your life during this season. If you're in the cave, no matter where you are, God has a purpose for it in your life. May the purpose of God be manifest and may it be realized and accomplished in your life and in the lives of those he has given to you in Jesus name. We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.